tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! Hey there, Ruby fans! Welcome to another edition of the AfterBuzz Ruby After Show. Tonight we are talking about the world of Remnant Huntsman, as well as episodes three and four. It's Brawl in the Family and <laughs> Lessons Learned. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm so, so happy they went with Brawl in the Family. Boo. So good! It's an actual <laughs> series. You know this. Boo. <laughs> Come on. Well, anyway, let me introduce my fantastic panel as well as our fantastic guest, Mark Donica. Howdy, welcome to I'm very happy to be back on the Welcome <laughs> to Myself. Welcome I to feel me. damn welcome. welcome. To me. This is me. I'm living my life and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Emma Fife. Hello, I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet at Emma Fife. Hi, my buddies. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. We're also keeping an eye on the live chat on YouTube and on the hashtag on Twitter, R-W-B-Y-A-B-T-V. We are literally the only AfterBuzz hashtag that's backwards, and I love it. Yes, yes, we are. That is a fact. We're hipsters. We started first. We're special. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me directly at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Now let me introduce our fantastic guests, Lindsay Jones and Barbara Dunkelman. Thank you, guys. Hi. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to join us tonight. Of course. We guys love being on, so thank you for having us. Yes. Of course. Anytime. How's the weather down in Texas? Good. A little chilly. I will say my Texas skin is angrier than what's like 60 today. (laughs) No. Not okay. No. It's freezing. (laughs) 60 degrees does sound freezing, especially living in Los Angeles, like where that's pretty much as cold as as it gets. We suffer the same fate. When I was in Colorado last weekend, it was 9 degrees. (laughs) I love you all, but I currently have no sympathy. (laughs) That's why I don't leave California. It's fine. We'll stay together. (laughs) All right. It's a good thing that we'll all be able to stay warm because, guys, winter has finally Uh arrived. Full circle, and she is lovely. She's great. I wanted to get everybody's, uh, our guests included, I wanted to get everybody's first take on our introduction to this character. What did we all think? Dang. (laughs) I mean, she just shows up and totally owns it. You know what I mean? Like, her character design is so great and I feel like her personality was like perfectly reflected in the way that she appeared, if that makes any sense. This is the first character that we've had where the cosplay doesn't have built-in pockets or pouches. Well, maybe they're like secret ones. There's the sleeves. You just, since there's a little tear in it, you could probably put something in there. And her coattails, obviously. I've tried to keep anything in your sleeves. (laughs) Pretty great. Works out great for me. That's what the coattails are for, Katie. (laughs) Have you ever tried to keep anything in your coattails? Actually, yeah. Every day. A lot of squished stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't normally wear coattails, but I'm sure if I did, I would. (laughs) All right, then I'm wearing my coattails next time just to prove it. Do it. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> oh. How about you guys now? Because you guys, it it doesn't. It's not like you guys are with the production every single step of the way. So seeing everything come together, what's it like when you get to see a new character presented like this? It's 
really rewarding, honestly, to get to see the full product. I mean, we saw uh, just graphic designs or basic concepts for Winter whenever we first presented her at RTX, or even before that, there were simple alterations for her costume design or some facial features, but we saw that, we said, okay, oh, this is what she'll look like, kind of similar to a lot of the earlier designs for uh, the main four characters. Similar feel, very anime-oriented, Christina's work. And then we got to see, you know, get to watch a little bit of her combat fight scenes here and there, especially with Uncle Crow, which excited me. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> that literally is my uncle. I'm watching. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And then I, I've, I've been a fan of Elizabeth's work for some time, so I got to meet her in yeah. studio, too. And it's, it's really surreal to get to work with someone like that. And then again, finally see this completed character voiced by that person talking to you. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carrie let me do the mocap for winter. Awesome. Which is a challenge for me because, as you can probably even see now, I have terrible posture. (laughs) (laughs) Victor does not. So, the whole time doing mocap, I have to stand like this, basically, almost like too much posture. (laughs) Barbara, they should have just put you in like a corset. That would have forced you to stand up straight. Over posture. (laughs) Balance some books on your head. That is it exactly. I think that's perfect. I have to say that oh, Jack Harkness in chat is uh, calling Winter Snow Miser, and that that's a topical and lovely reference, and I adore you for that. <laughs> and uh, and Megan Norris pointed out the fact that you, Megan Salinas, made a pun. Not really. I would reference. like to say that that's more of yeah a that reference. Really a press release and <laughs> also a play on words, which I would it's argue like it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it is so nice to have some fun support. Search your feelings; you know it to be true. Okay, moving on. Let's <laughs> talk about Winter Sorry. as a character because yes. even though she's presented as this very rigid, very militant type person, there was a little bit of ambiguity when we saw Weiss at the end of the last episode in terms of whether or not she was actually happy to see Winter. Mm -hmm. And we see now that she actually is ecstatic that even though Winter may seem very regimented and very serious, she does care so deeply about her little sister. She, But also, those are the only two people that can commiserate about their treatment (laughs) from their father. Yeah. She's yeah. the only person that she can talk to honestly about how uh, the the treatment of her father affects her. So Dad cut you off because he wants you to call home. <laughs> yeah. The same yeah. thing cool. happened to me. Seriously, just do the thing. Call that. At that moment, every like at least half of the world's population went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that, that makes sense. Really that episode near Christmas time. He's like, call, <laughs> call your parents. <laughs> Very strategic. <laughs> call well done. Home. Thank them for everything. I do yes. that every week. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, I like too the way that she, um, she differentiates between how you're doing in school and how you're doing. Yes. Yeah. There's two very different I, things. I really enjoyed that scene too, and I, I thought that it was a, um, some good characterization, good characterization for, and also very in character for Weiss that like she doesn't always make the connection between like people feelings and like <laughs> and, and like feelings about her own personal successes. Do you, you know what I mean? People by that? feelings. Real yeah. people feelings. Yeah. As opposed to ice queen feelings. Sure, yeah. And, well, and it's a little bit like of all business. So whenever they have to get emotions exactly. out, it's a little bit difficult for them to explain what's happening without being very, very blunt. Yes. <laughs> and the bit of world building that we got that the school is tied in with the government. Yeah. yeah. That's that, a great thing from the world of runment that we learned. Yeah. yeah. But oh, also man. they mention it in this episode. Is 
just yeah. a throwaway line. Yeah. And that that is something when you hear it, you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, there are certain military schools here in the U.S., but no one would say that all public schools are tied into the military. That's a little unsettling. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> it's a little communist China. But yeah. I, I did like how it wasn't a huge change in the dialogue from how are you doing to, like, the request of, I want to see where you live. Like, I just want to inspect them so that up to my standards is, oh, I've broken through. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to get back my sister back. Just That's a little true. bit. That's the true. bunk beds only look unsafe. <laughs> okay. Though I loved Ruby's interaction with these characters. Absolutely. Or, or like attempted interaction with these characters in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are familiar with emotion. Ruby yeah. is all pure emotion. She is. Filter, so, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I particularly enjoyed uh, Lindsay, your performance of I will reconvene <laughs> with you at a later juncture. juncture. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Juncture. <laughs> Better because now we, before for earlier seasons, we didn't have a camera in the booth recording us and we do have it this season. Oh, and nice. Yes. How much translates now because I do do that in the booth. I was like, at a later this juncture, yeah, yeah. You, like, and that that's happens all the time, and no. that's actually something that that we brought up uh, on the last episode is that you know I feel like in this season there's a lot more sort of subtlety in the characters' facial expressions and the way that their you know that their body language is along you know with their dialogue, so it, it's all translating very well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I definitely simplify a lot of the um, animation this season, but. Not in a way where it's less expressive. No, no, not at all. Expressive, but there's less like, you know, maybe they'll have a head turn when they're talking instead of doing this stuff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's no. very much like film where just the slightest eye movement can mean so much. Yeah. You know that we're getting into scenes where you're getting a lot more character depth and development and where the scene is more about the emotions and less about the action that's happening. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and just from from your guys' perspective, because you guys play two characters who are sisters, the relationship that Weiss and Winter have is very, very different, so that must seem completely alien to Ruby. It's, I'm excited to see. I mean, we're, we'll get a little bit into it later in the season, hopefully, and as the show continues. But obviously we have the established relationship between Ruby and Yang. And even though they are half-sisters, they really don't treat each other that way. They just basically act like they're, there's nothing wrong. It's totally, totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> Their whole lives. doesn't matter. Yeah. But now we have this new relationship of sisters where they, again, behave a little bit more militant toward each other. It's a little bit more like we have to do these things as a family and less like, Hey, let's talk about like what are your hopes and dreams? Well, yeah. Let's talk about well, what's going on here. So I think both sides can learn from each other. So I think that will happen hopefully later on. Yeah. And going back to talking about fatherly preparedness, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get a little bit into that because you've mentioned in the show they've mentioned before that Ruby's father can be a little bit overbearing. So hopefully, you yeah. know, maybe that might come about too. Who knows? Yeah. It's also really I, I really like comparing the two sisters or sets of sisters rather because they're also very similar in a lot of ways where. Yang obviously cares very much for Ruby and just wants her to do well and succeed. And it's the same thing for Winter and Weiss, where Winter just wants her to succeed and, and you know she hopes she's doing well and is healthy and eating and all this stuff. So there's similarities in there, but they're also very different relationships. They push, they just push different ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more different tempo. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
But Absolutely. there's still that warmth there, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, that, that. that actually, uh, especially in the second episode of the, you know, the two that we're talking about today, so I guess episode four, we really saw Weiss and Winter, you know, connecting in as loving a way as I think the Schnees are capable of expressing. Yeah. Yeah. I spent most of episode three going, oh my god, Winter, shut up, and most of episode <laughs> four going, yeah. I think if they wanted to express any more, they'd have to hire someone to do it for them. Yeah, through interpretive (laughs) dance and or pantomime. It would be like that uh, that Key and Peele, Obama, (laughs) anger. Well, it was something I didn't necessarily pick up on the first time I watched these episodes, but I rewatched them again, and I realized that at no point did they ever really, like, embrace. I think at one point, Winter pushed Weiss away a little bit when the fight was getting ready to start, but at no point do they hug each other, whereas the very first time we meet Yang, she's throwing her arms around Ruby. That is true. So it's yeah. a very, very different relationship. That was one of the first noises I made is Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> the, the closest... Oh, <laughs> They're like, you're getting squished into someone's tits. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Accurate. And they like you're squishing something into your tits. Yeah, you got it. You're done. We know this. <laughs> that is a fact. Um, we have a question to everybody uh, on the hashtag okay. from Mallory D on Twitter, aka at uh, Malachroma. If you had to fight any of the Ruby characters, who would you battle? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, John. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All you have to do is yell at him. Oh. Uh, Can I pick one of the shadow people in the back? Right, exactly. For season one. No. I don't trust them. Why would you want to fight the friends on the other side? (laughs) No. Dude, easy. Neptune, and it would be a chicken fight in the pool. Oh. You'd win by default. Good call. Fair enough. Yep. Emma? I, I'm Donica nailed it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no mabins. How about you, ladies? Who would you fight? Ooh, I feel like I'd fight with Penny because probably like halfway through the fight, we'd reconcile and become friends and just <laughs> skip down like the street together, holding hands. Yeah. Would you survive to halfway? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I think I would fight the shopkeeper. Oh. <laughs> I do not trust that guy. Are you kidding? Problems. He probably has like something up his sleeve. Like I don't know, but yeah. I I think he I feel like he's got underworld connections. Maybe not necessarily White Fang, but but something. I mean, he clearly has his hands in a lot of different industries. He's the internet. He has a series of tubes to get to the different <laughs> shops around the city. As far as I'm concerned, he's Nurse Joy. There's just like 50 of them that all look the same and have the same name and no one questions it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think like Shopkeeper can hit around the city, actually. And they're all going to get together for one photo at some point. It's Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bless. We, we, we've talked a little bit about it. Let's talk about this actual fight with Crow, because... This is <laughs> the first fight that we've had since the very first episode where it has been two fully trained huntsmen, or a huntsman and a huntress. The last time we saw this, it was um, Glinda and Cinder, and that was very, very quick, and obviously an escape attempt and not Mm -hmm. a full-on fight. This is the first time that we have seen two people of their caliber going at it, and it is amazing. It tells you how small the scale we've been functioning in is, Mm -hmm. and how much more our characters have to learn, because they are students. They yeah. are not up to this caliber yet. And then Crow just drives it home in episode four, like, <laughs> you think you accomplished something. Mm-hmm. You're That's adorable. adorable. Shut up, Vic. 
I, I, I hear Kogaiji and I just can't take it seriously. It's, and we're not even seeing Crow at his 100%. No. Because he's no. drunk. Well, which arguably he's could always be better. Drunk. But I imagine so, it's kind of a drunken Kato. Drunken master. Yeah. I don't know, because we saw him start to change his sword into a scythe and then just, nope. So we haven't even seen him go all out yet. Yeah. And he did teach like Velvet's box. You're not like Velvet's box. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> yeah. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that little fan art of her just letting a tiny bunny out of the box and saying, yeah. no, unleash hell. Like, that's it. <laughs> that is my favorite. That is my favorite theory. Yes. yes. Um, but this fight in general, it's some of the, yeah, I, it kind of elevates everything that, and, and it never ceases to amaze me how, like, every time I see a Ruby fight, I feel like it's better than the one before. Yeah. I feel like every time we see a fight, they've stepped it up in some way, shape, or form. Our it's, animation team goes above and beyond, especially in this season. I mean, the, the evidence is right there in front of you. They've, gone to a, a bound that we didn't even think could be achieved at this volume. But we had talked about before, especially in some of our interviews here, that in these past two seasons, you kind of see Team Ruby as almost this invincible group of girls. You're like, oh, no big deal. They can take over whatever Grimm comes their way, mm-hmm. Torchwick, whatever. He's in jail. Who cares? No big deal. But the biggest evidence that they had of limitations was the fight between Yang and Neo, where Neo totally kicks Yang's ass. And that's like, oh, well, here's someone who has <laughs> had more training than you have had in your entire life. And right. Now we get to see these huntsmen and huntresses coming yeah. who've been doing this, I assume, for years and years they're and years and years. Bad. And they're kind of uh, making us look bad. So, yeah. yeah. So get off our show. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, this, this fight was so, so great. Like, to the point that if somebody was, like, not into Ruby, because I feel like the best way to really get interested in Ruby is to watch some of the really awesome fight scenes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I would show this to someone and be like, watch this, and now you're going to want to watch this whole show, because... You'll thank me later. Exactly. (laughs) That's what the trailers did. That's what I did whenever we had a... Michael and I went to Supernova two years ago, and we met Vic there, Mm -hmm. and I spoke to him about Ruby. We said, oh, we're in this show Ruby. uh, Maybe you'll be interested. I don't know. He knew nothing about it. We showed him the red trailer. No dialogue in that trailer right. at all, but it's just the action. And he said, I want to do this. Yeah. He watched the whole entire thing in the hotel lobby. He's like, oh, yep, wow. I'm sold. Yep. Done. I love it. I love it. And, and, and again, I mean, you know, Vic has a very distinctive voice, but I feel like this character, when I was initially introduced to him, I didn't, even though I knew it was Vic, I didn't immediately go, oh, it's like yeah, it's no, like, it's, it's, it's a li- I don't know. I feel like it's a little less Vic than Vic no, sometimes. I, I agree with you because normally I can spot Vic Mignogna's <laughs> voice from a mile away. Right, right. You're, you're right. He has an abs- a very, very distinctive sound to his yeah. voice, and this is the most. Di- uh, differentiated. I feel like yeah. I've ever heard. This is and the, the most. I feel like this is the most he's ever put into a performance. Well, and, and I feel like the most grounded to me. Like, it just, it feels like it comes from a very real place. He gives, well, every, everybody gets the reaction of, oh, that's my uncle. Like, really? Yeah, because, like, it sounds like my drunk uncle. Well, a lot of us are fans of his work and have yeah. been for a couple years now, so I, same way, it's very different for me, and I've, I recognize his voice, but I can get in the booth and get myself into character, and I don't think I'm talking to Vic. This right. Fan of for years. I'm talking to Uncle Crow. Right. Oh. Yeah. I just hear Kogaiji. 
I watched Sayuki <laughs> way back when, and that was my introduction to Vic Mignogna. So everyone else thinks Edward Elric, and I'm like, nope, Demon Prince. Oh. Like, there he is. I think Ed Elric. I think Tamaki Suo, but just <laughs> me. See, different experiences. Uh, well, I do, I do want to point out that. Um, Crow himself as a character is very different than I envisioned him. Yes! I, Dusty just the old Crow. The way that Ruby described him, she clearly idolizes him, and we see their relationship a little bit in this episode, which is great. You know, it's just this brief little moment. But he is way, way more angry oh, yeah. than I than I ever anticipated. Yeah, he's not like fun drunk uncle. He's like Well, he's a little fun he's drunk. Always dependent he's always dependent on Yeah, he's but but like he's he's not full I mean, we see moments of humor with him, but he's not just like comedic relief drunk uncle. Like, this is a serious character. Well, he's been knee deep in insanity on missions for God knows how long. Yeah. He knows how bad things are. He actually has a good amount of the scope of the situation from what we can tell, given that we have almost none of it. And that will murder your optimism fairly quickly if the comment about, I've seen the things she's created, those are fear. It's just like, what? So who knows? Well, we're kind of introduced to him uh, as well in a moment that's very, very serious because even though it's really awesome to get to see Ruby and Crow interact, he clearly states that he's not there to see her. That's a nice bonus, yeah. but he's there to yeah. deal with a lot of serious business. Yeah. No, it's like, true. Like, get drunk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just like, he's drunk. He's always drunk. Yeah. And just that long. It's like, that's my secret. I'm always drunk. <laughs> yes. Uh, Malochroma in the uh, chat has deemed him Drunkle Crow. No, that was me. Oh, yeah, no. oh, oh that's you? No, 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 no. no. Oh, I did he's right not Malochroma. Oh, that's... Right. Okay, I've been duped, guys. <laughs> Drunkle Crow has been a thing going around for like yeah. a week now. Well, uh, I don't spend a lot of Welcome time back. on Tumblr. I do. <laughs> well, we shouldn't because of Jessica Jones. This is true. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The the net is dark and full of spoilers. Ooh. Speaking yes. of Tumblr, do we have any questions from uh, from the Tumbles? We've got a fair few. Keep it going, and I'll find one that is contextually appropriate and not plot heavy. <laughs> okay, but because I'm fairly certain you guys can't answer. questions questions about plot, correct? No. I mean, we we put out um, a coming up next on Ruby, uh, I think yesterday. Oh, we'll Mm -hmm. talk about Funky. We will talk about Funky. (laughs) Too hot, hot damn. I talk about stuff that has been seen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Just speculation and we'll raise our eyebrows going, hmm? Mm -hmm. Curse your darkened room. And we don't like asking direct spoiler questions anyway because I don't want to know. I don't want to know. A lot of our Tumblr people have a lot of really good questions, but many, many of them are things where... They need to go to Miles. They need to go to Carrie. They need to go to right, right, and the, yeah. the puppet masters. <laughs> like we've said before, too. Sometimes they keep stuff from us to yeah. help with performances. So we'll get a script and go, "Oh, that's new. Yeah, Why tell me about this. Oh God, <laughs> like that was a year ago. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to find a question that is that is tailored to you guys. That isn't just like we don't know the answer. <laughs> Keep sending the questions. Please do. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about this little powwow that they have when the fight is broken up. Uh, that this 
how well that they have behind closed doors. Because not only do we find out within, which it's kind of funny the way Crow presents this, because he's presenting information that everybody in the room already knows. It is that was something, for the audience. Yeah, one hundred percent for the audience. Oh yeah. But we find out that. You know, the people who are in this room, the educators, we figure Ironwood obviously has a lot of dealings. Right, He's a general. Of course. Of course. That yeah. makes sense. But the idea that a headmaster of a school and, you know, this group of other educators and, you know, random huntsmen are actively shaping, all, like, going on world events you know, behind the curtain, so to speak. That's kind of weird to think about. I mean, we always knew Oz was the man behind the curtain, but never, I, the think Wizard to, of Oz. never I think to this extent. So that was a very interesting revelation. I wanted to get your guys' take on that. I just love Crow kicking Winter out. <laughs> Who invited her? <laughs> She's mean to me. Go away. Not yeah. even that, just like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize we were expanding our little circle of truth. I mean, it was quite the reveal, but at the same time, it, I didn't think it was all that surprising. No. Like, it seems very in character for this world, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no. <laughs> for sure. Mark? Fans felt rewarded when they finally saw that scene, too, because obviously we had talked about, we kind of got a glimpse of what the world outside of the school was like. Right, like right. With the... Uh, Dr. Ublek, not Professor. <laughs> he won't tell you. <laughs> but yeah, you got a little bit of that and got a taste for what, you know, what the grim destruction can look like with Mountain Glen. But now there's so much more inner workings that we really weren't able to discuss or explore upon that have just been touched on in that scene specifically. So now we have so many more questions that have, like, risen from the ground. Like, huh, we have so much more to plow into yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting because Ozpin and Glinda especially, you see them as just you know, these headmasters at a school. And right. not the fact that they are involved in, like, everything so much bigger than that. And, and so to see a scene like that really puts that in, into perspective. And to think that they are educators, but first and foremost, they're they're huntsmen. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't had a chance to see Ozpin kick ass and take names, which I want to really, really badly. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to see that and maybe get a, a little bit of backstory upon what they've gone through and what kind of battles they've had to, you know work towards and yeah. pass. I don't actually know any of this because like th- this is just not something that we're privy to but I would really love to see Austin's power just be like he turns into a giant head. Yeah, <laughs> right. Giant yes. head. Thank you Barbara. That is exactly That's what, what I Mark said at RTX <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Giant head. Boom. Team giant head. Uh, never mind. Um, um, the, uh, maybe not maybe without not that. context. Thank I'm, you. We're going to get explicit on iTunes now. Nailed it. Um, at this point. I, I like this meeting be- because of the implications of it. If this is what these two regions, if that's what this meeting looks like, what are the other two regions talking about at the same time? That's what yeah, I want to know. Yeah, I want to see the, the other side masters. of this conversation. Yeah, no, I, I agree because, again, it's it's like not only are we now seeing all of these, you know, fully trained huntsmen and huntresses and we're getting more insight into the military workings of Remnant. Like, it, it they're Stuff is going down in this world, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's it's very fitting that we get this episode, and then we got the World of Remnant episode that we got. Yes, to because uh, a lot of the themes of the following episode were, you know, just because you graduate, that doesn't mean you're done learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will always be a huntsman, and you should always focus on learning and growing yeah. as a person. And I I liked that, and I liked that that was a lesson that came from both Crow and Winter. You know, two people who are clearly on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms (laughs) of how they view the world, and yet that's a little bit of wisdom that comes from both of them. Yeah. Uh, There's actually a really good question uh, for you, Barbara, in the uh, chat from Mooncow333 says, What do you think Yang was feeling when looking at the Team Stark picture? Uh, Well... (laughs) Clearly, she recognized someone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you on that. The thumb woman. The thumb woman. <laughs> Who is that mysterious woman? <laughs> um, she was probably thinking, like, I mean, she knows who it is. Of course. But I think it's just the, the realization that that was her. Mm-hmm. When she got saved on the train, and just seeing her in a picture with Crow and, and everyone else is just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I think also it's kind of a nice moment of Yang reflecting to herself, but also it kind of speaks volumes about how much she's talked to Tai Yang about everything that's happened with her mother. It's a, kind of a taboo subject, it seems like. She wanting to be able to ask Crow questions like, hey, by the way, yeah. my... I was like, no, we don't even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, because she, I, I, I really enjoyed that moment where she just kind of was so lost in that photo for a mm. second. And I, because I, I, and that I feel like is something that like everyone's been there. Yeah, you know, 100%. like I, I felt like that was a very relatable moment. I mean, not necessarily over a parent who <laughs> might or might not be dead. Um, Travel through portals, Schrodinger's parents who also saved you on top of a moving train, right? And exactly. may not have met you at an end of credit stinger, but we really not <laughs> sure. We're if really that not sure. Sweet grin mask. Uh, I think that that moment told a lot about. The, the possible relationship we're going to see between Yang and Ruby in the future because uh, we she could have said something right away to Ruby saying, yeah. I know that woman in that picture, but yeah. it might be something that she goes on a personal vendetta about like we saw with her and Blake in the past. Yes. But she just, she kind of distances herself so that she can focus on this thing and ends up isolating herself from the rest of the group. I don't yeah. know how much Ruby knows about Yang's quest to find her mom. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's going to not, not keep them apart, but uh, them make them drift a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Do you think that would be something Yang would want Ruby's help with, or do you think that would be something she'd feel like she had to shoulder on her own. I definitely feel like she'd go on it on her own. <clears throat> but that's just also going back to the original search for your mom. I mean, Ruby was in the back of the wagon, but that's really about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's just taking a nap, like hanging out. Yeah. So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, come help me find my mom. She's like, okay, you're asleep. I'll bring you along, whatever. Yeah. But I definitely feel like Yang would try and do that on her own just to keep Ruby safe as well. And I feel like that's also why she hasn't brought Ruby in on this. Is she doesn't have all the answers yet. And she could be bringing her family members into a situation that could be potentially very, very dangerous. She yeah. doesn't know. Yeah. And I think with Yang, is, is she's a very loving and motherly character, but at the same time, she's also very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that she's decided she wants to do on her own and, and that she doesn't want help with, because it's it's for her to discover and for yeah. her to figure out. Absolutely. And if everyone else has not has been keeping so many secrets about it to begin with, Yang might not trust everybody. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's point. I don't trust you. (laughs) (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) Guys, I gotta go for an unrelated reason. (laughs) So I I do I do wanna bring up um 
talk a little bit more about the world of Remnant uh, because we get a little bit of pertinent information and there's also this idea of an army sending the wrong message and the need for a guardian in lieu of an army. In so to kind of appease the people, and that's right. a seed that Ozpin has planted. Um, but anyway, to get back to the the World of Remnant short that we got, I just want to say that even though we got some really good pertinent information, I was just blown away at how beautiful this one was, and it was just with the subtlety of the capes mm-hmm. and the scarves. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just it just it was just a slight little thing, but it just. For me, it made this one of the best World of Remnant shorts to look at. It was just, it was just phenomenal. Look like cave, cave drawings. Yeah, I've, uh, Aaron Wynn is the uh, illustrator who does all the actual. Uh, I'm terrible with the terminology. Please forgive me, but she does all the actual illustrations. But I don't remember who did this, the uh, the animations that actually make the movement for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Her work is phenomenal, and she yeah. actually. We were shown her work when she applied, and she hadn't worked on the previous World of Remnants, but they're identical. It was yeah. just spot on. Like, oh, you yeah. should clearly work on World of Remnants. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah our, our 2D animation team is phenomenal as well. Yeah. So. I really liked the uh, the animatics when uh, Crow, Crow was it's explaining his flashback. His yeah, exactly. And it looked and it looked all like dark and serious. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Obviously, you can't say it as Ruby, but there's so many times in the booth where stuff like that happens, and I'm like, oh, damn it, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is this crap? (laughs) Well, (laughs) and yell at Miles, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Oh, wait. Can we talk a little bit about the fight that goes horrifically wrong? I do want to talk about oh, that, yeah. but first, we should probably talk about iTunes Let's real do quick. That. Oh, yeah. Thank you so, so much for everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate and leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys on the hashtag. We love hearing from you guys on on YouTube. You guys have a lot of really great stuff to say. And we also love hearing from you guys on you on iTunes because it's one of the best ways to show the producers here at AfterBuzz that you guys like the show that we're putting on, that you guys like hearing from from cast and crew members. It helps us. It helps us uh, get team. them in. Yeah, Let me say that absolutely. And and not only are we very appreciative of them taking the time to come and speak with us, we appreciate you guys taking the time to tell us what you think. Emma, do we happen to have? I'm, tr- to I'm trying to bring the the <laughs> iTunes store up right now. The uh, the internet is not liking me very much in this studio right now. I'm working cool on it. Face. iTunes it is thinking behave. about it. <laughs> it doesn't behave super well in this studio. It we doesn't. had this issue no. with blind spot. The yeah. Other day. But yeah. we'll, we'll give you guys a shout out on the next one because we really, really do appreciate <laughs> it. So anybody who goes to iTunes to rate, leave a comment, you guys will get a shout out on the show next time. <laughs> better internet. Anyway, yes. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and talk about this fight because uh, at the end of the at the end of the first episode, we have Cinder, and we find out that not only are they aware that Crow is there now, mm-hmm. but they're because also Mercury kind of went. <laughs> oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. He showed emotion. <laughs> he did. And he ran fear. away. It's unusual. But we, then, the, the kind of important bit is that the reason that they know how the fights are going to go is because they're the ones picking the matches. Yep. And that's messed up. And that's a very interesting tidbit to just sort of have at the very, very tail end of this episode. Congratulations, your random number generator has been hacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, random. But, so we get this, uh, we get a fight scene with two members from Team Coffee, Coco and Yatsuhashi. 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 Yeah. Thank you. I am terrible at pronouncing names. Which is interesting because they're not partners. No. Well, 
It, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm remembering correctly, in the next when you know when Team Ruby has their two on two, it's going to be Yang and Weiss who yeah. are yeah. also not partners. So no, I that just, makes I, sense. I find it all interesting choices. That's yeah, all. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's the thing that Cinder can't control. Is who, she can control who gets matched with who, but she can't say, "Oh, of the four teams, these two are going to go." But they've on. they've been doing research on everybody mm-hmm. for months. This is true, too. presumably. So they they can probably, I'm sure they have an algorithm, in, you know, on you know to predict based on who gets chosen for what. You they know, set up like fantasy football leagues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Perfect opportunity for a DraftKings tie. Just saying. Uh, oh God, no, 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 no. Speaking no, of which, no, no. I no, no. I don't know about you, but like I feel like this would be a Back to the Future two scenario where if I knew who was going to win, I'd be putting money down on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not make some money on the side? Yeah, totally. Cinder's got them like sweet Coco's hacks. Fan section. The which one? Coco's, Coco's fan, fan section. Coco's yeah, fan section is amazing. And sunglasses. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. I like this uh, people that had pictures of Sun's abs. That was that there, was the internet after uh, after she first showed up in, oh my in God, the episode. Yes. Well, yeah. I think there were a lot of fun, subtle ways to kind of show that not only in the world of Remnant does Team Coffee have like a fan following, but also in the real in real life on the internet, Team Coffee has a fan following because even after they lose, you don't hear cheers from the audience. You, you hear, hear booing. Boo. Yes. <laughs> well, and we also know that they cheated. That Cinder's team. That was Neo running around in the trees there. You shall see. Solid shrugs. I've seen yeah. enough freeze frames of that little thing. Either that's someone completely new that we haven't heard about, or it's someone who seems to be very good at disguising themselves and has an as yet unknown semblance. I, I just assumed that. that Emerald's semblance was being able to disguise herself. But or, or I illusions. Was, I was with you, Megan. I, I that was my thought as well. <laughs> Maybe you'll find out more in coming episodes. Maybe I will say, we will. Someone new that we didn't address last time around after Buzz, who is in the episodes now. Uh, Mr. Yuri Lowenthal voicing Mercury. Yes, yes. so great. <laughs> Ah, yeah, Fury, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, no, he and he's and it's you know it's a bummer that JJ didn't have the time to come back this season, but Yuri is doing a fantastic job playing mm-hmm. Mercury. Yeah, I'm really enjoying his performance as Mercury quite a lot. I've been a fan of his work for years since I was like, like I'm thinking back to me in seventh grade, like watching anime in my bedroom, like, oh, yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now it's like same thing, like, oh, you're. We're talking to each other on screen. This is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> we can drag him in here. We just do. We yeah. can. I, we can get him. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I am aware. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so to, to get back. We can get him. <laughs> to get back. And, and this fight in particular, this is one of the things I'm talking about where I'm constantly impressed. Because watching the Crow and Winter fight, I'm like, nothing can top this. And then watching the Coffee fight, I'm like, nothing can top this. Mer- and I just, Mercury re- literally did a hurricane kick. He did. Like yeah, a new version did. of one for all you Street Fighter fans out there. I also just, I I loved right at the top of this fight when the match started and Emerald and Mercury just like backed away slowly. Totally escaped back. Yeah, that was when I was like, "This is not gonna go well." And then Coco mowing the lawn, which is yeah. about the smartest thing you could have done. Yeah, yeah. No, you 
really creepy to me. <laughs> it was so creepy. It was. It was. An <laughs> art of like Emerald and um, oh yeah, it's a character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Our fans are so talented. Yeah, goodness, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just it reminds me of um. There's a Simpsons mm. episode where Homer just slinks back into, into the hedge. hedge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> we did have a question that actually ties in with that if I can get Tumblr to decide to load again. Mm-hmm. Thank you. From Willy Boy Zero One Three. Have you ever seen any fan art, new characters, theories, etc. that you wish you had thought of that you want to incorporate in the show? Oh, man. Not not really that I wish I had thought of because that's always really cool when I see stuff that I didn't think of. I'm like, awesome, you're so creative. And I could never have conceived that in my brain. But I've seen a few... Ones are like, man, what if, uh, like, what if instead of, like, Penny and Ruby switched places, that they, like, played a prank on the people who were supposed to take care of Penny, and, like, Ruby pretended to be her, and they're like, what are you doing over here? And it's just Ruby, like, in costume, like, I'm Penny, what are you talking about? That would be funny. Stuff like that. <laughs> Let's see that as a bonus episode. On, uh, our separate a couple days ago, someone took all the characters and changed their color schemes to mm. be the other characters. Oh. I've seen those. That would the freak palette me out. And, and Ruby had uh, Weiss's color scheme, and it was just like it was such a simple change, but it looked so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I like all the uh, new weapon modifications that people have, and sometimes people will will guess stuff before we release characters that are very very similar. Like I know we had an incident incident with a uh, Ren where someone came up with basically what Ren's weapons were, and we we're like, oh well, funny enough, that's going to be coming out soon. Same thing with a son. Someone was like, hey, what if someone had a classable bow staff? And maybe it could be nunchucks or something. We're like, well, hang on for like two more weeks. <laughs> Sweet nunchucks. Well, yeah. I know that we've talked about it ad nauseum, but like a big hit with the panel and with the internet in general was probably the hoverboard <laughs> dual wielding guns. Oh my what, God. what has been your guys' favorite new weapon so far this season? Ooh, I, that's a pretty good one. The hoverboard into the guns. I'm still waiting for the gun gun. That's what I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gun that shoots smaller guns. Yeah. Um, yeah like a Russian doll gun. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, character mm-hmm. we saw on the preview for the next episode, um, who has a really cool weapon. Yes. You'll see. That's all we'll say. The <laughs> male character that you see in the preview. Yes. I really like his... This whole thing. I'm still <laughs> waiting for a Zwei should have a semblance, I think. I agree! <laughs> like, the Ublek and Zwei partnership was beautiful, but I feel like uh, Zwei needs his own aura. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Somebody in the chat earlier, I noticed, also was like, did anybody else see that Zwei was sitting on Blake's bed? She's gonna that kill like him. Half the chat. <laughs> half the chat's like, look, look! <laughs> and severe lack of Blake these episodes, which was I, really sad. I know. Probably because Zwei is sleeping on her bed. Probably. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, I gotta go for a walk. Please, <laughs> I'm out. I gotta go for a walk for two weeks. <laughs> She's well, a like her. think about okay. Yeah, yeah just pretty rough. It's like our cat. You make a loud noise in the apartment and you can't find her for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or they run away for a couple weeks and then just show up. You're like, all right, you're it's fine. Joe the cat I'm situation. <laughs> They're all indignant about it, too. They're like, well, I'm back. Where's the red carpet? Yeah. And the best part of this is my cat's name is Winter. So sitting down and watching these episodes and occasionally going, oh, my God, Winter, shut up. And the cat looks at me like, huh? what? <laughs> What's wrong? What did I do, Mom? You leave, you leave me out of this. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can fix this by giving me belly rubs starting now. Well, speaking yeah. of winter, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but something that we didn't touch on with this conversation between her and Weiss is that the Schnee family has the ability to summon, summon. and an inherited semblance, which mm-hmm. is evidently not a thing <laughs> otherwise. We just wait Final Fantasy on this. This is the I'm waiting for Bahamut. sword that she summoned? Look at the white trailer. Final Fantasy was one of the first things that we, well, the crew, I guess, mentioned of, like, here's what you can kind of think about. Like, yeah. like anyone who's played video games knows that there's summons involved, but I guess for, like, the visual connection, yes, Final Fantasy is Totally. Pretty, but uh, to see Winter summon her own version of a Winter Beowulf, basically, yeah. um, was fantastic. Yeah. I, and we honestly don't even know where that's going to go from here. Yeah, because, yeah. I, I mean, they, you know, when, when, uh, when Winter was trying to help Weiss summon, you know, she said, think about your foes, so obviously it has something to do with kind of, like, channeling your versions of the Grim that you encounter. The Grim that you vanquish. Yeah. 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 It's like Batman mentality, where it's like, you've conquered your fear, and now you are your fear. Oh. <laughs> oh there. Weiss is the knight? <laughs> Look at yeah. she trailer. She summoned a bitty version of the sword no, that, yeah, that it's, armor had. I know. Watching it the second time, I definitely go, oh, we're going to see that knight again. Yeah. We're definitely oh, going to see that knight again. insane when that happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Absolutely. I, honestly, crazy. I don't even know. Like, I'm struggling. Like, that's not a hit. We really okay. <laughs> and I, I saw your quick yas after we mentioned the summoning. That was great. But that's that's interesting that they have this inherited trait, and it makes me wonder if other characters happen to have similar inherited traits. Maybe not the summoning necessarily, right. but other abilities that are passed down from generation to generation. In the Armstrong family? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For generations! Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, it's even I, better because whenever uh, Winter was first shown too, they explained to her as uh, Armstrong's sister. If you've seen Full Metal <gasps> Alchemist, oh yeah, yeah, yes, that's pretty good. That makes a lot. That's of That's a great sense. quick note. Yeah, um, a lot of times it's easier for us to, especially as anime fans, to be like, oh, like baseline, one-dimensional, here is what you can compare it to. Totally. Okay, I have that in my head. Now yeah. let's get down to the nitty-gritty of why this is different than that character. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. like, let's sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> to defeat the, the- Grim. <laughs> I, I gotta be careful with that. I almost went into the actual Mulan song. <laughs> Don't want to get a copyright um, ping. Yes, no, no, no yeah. that'd be terrible. So, I mean, that we basically kind of come to the end. We basically touched on a lot of the big stuff in these two episodes. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we do get into predictions I, I do based really on the promo? Um, I crows send off to the girls uh, from the end of the from the end of the line uh, just keep moving forward was a, a beautiful absolutely beautiful and and I I'm happy that that exists in the world yeah I liked his I, I really enjoyed the whole scene where they were playing video games with crow in you know in their dorm room basically and I and I liked when he said you really think like a little girl and her friends can save the world, or I, I don't remember what these. Stop all crime. Yeah, stop yeah. all well, crime. I thought so until you said that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah I loved that moment. <laughs> they do, and it's cold silver. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> they don't give a prize for almost. Well, again, that that uh, they do, and it's cold silver. Yeah. God, yep. yes. Yep. <laughs> That, again, just hammers home the point that we have no concept of how big this is as the audience. Because we basically know what the girls know 
and then a little more when we are privy to the adults' conversation. But we're still very much sitting at the kids' table here. Yeah. We have and based a- on what we know from the scripts, the girls know zero, <laughs> like next to zero. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, we we have like maybe point 1 because we have the advantage of the fourth wall. Yeah. But that's it. You know, a lot of a lot of times we've we've spoken to you guys uh, in several interviews, and a lot of the comparisons with Ruby have been made to Harry Potter. And I think for the first time, I I really huh. do kind of see that because Harry Potter and his friends are operating on very limited yes. knowledge, and they go head first in these situations they know nothing about. Questionable and, uncle. I was going to say questionable. And, and you know what? I think now that you bring up Harry Potter, it's specifically because Harry Potter of Harry Potter that I was not. <laughs> surprised that the you know the headmaster of the school like had a lot more going on. Hmm. But but yeah, with these two getting a little bit more context, this is the first time where I'm like, this really is like Harry Potter. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. We've had a few fans compare it to Harry Potter too, especially with this season. And yeah. to be fair, Miles and Carrie agreed and kind of followed yeah. up with that too. Uh, this season's going to get a little bit darker. Yeah, than it's a little, it's a little, a little uh, triwizard tournament, if you will. Uh, I think we're quite that far. <laughs> I was thinking Prisoner of Azkaban because that's where things started to get a little yeah, bit darker. But, but, but don't do triwizard tournament because that means someone's going to die. <laughs> but there is a tournament going on, and like there's it's anime, there's always a damn school. tournament. But there's do like you people really from other think schools? that we're getting out of this series without any casualties? <laughs> Please. <laughs> what we're saying is that we want a Ruby book. Can we get a Ruby book. Yes, <laughs> Give it 13 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so that that basically wraps it up for, for these two episodes. Again, do you guys have any other uh, comments before we move into predictions? I, so. I, mm. Just in general to fans, as always, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we couldn't make the show without you, so please don't stop. Don't ever. Stop. <laughs> We'd I like to go into season 20, please. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, if you make it, we will watch. As we yes. sink backwards into the tall grass menacingly. <laughs> nice. Well, thank, thank you guys. So let's... Oh, there it is. 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 You're after Buzz TV. I do have to share this from uh, Andy Santos on Twitter. Just, what's Cinder planning anyway? Yeah, we're not getting an answer to that. Nah, no. I like how casual it was. She's she's planning anyway. She's planning on building the best fantasy football team that she possibly can. Exactly, exactly. Sweet sixteen, duh, duh. Yeah, (laughs) hero springs her ankle. Springs her ankle. She's like, no, my quarterback. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we get introduced to uh, a couple new characters. In this promo, which, by the way, I love that you guys are doing promos this season. Uh, It is something that that's a little (laughs) bit fun. That's like you know, wedding appetites before uh, before the next next episode. On Ruby Uh, at Malpern three on Twitter says, "Would you say that one of the contestants in the episode five sneak peek is rather musical?" (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think fans are going to really, really love those two characters that you got a glimpse of in, yeah. in the preview. Yes. Well, Miles said it though at, at the panel back at RTX that those were his new favorite characters. Mm-hmm. So, Funky. <sighs> yes. You, if you listen closely to, you might recognize a voice of the female character. Oh, so. the uh, the rainbow girl, also <laughs> a short redhead that yep. we know. <laughs> 
Hmm. She has big hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has she? very big hair. Does yes. <laughs> so with I like the subtleness, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, the, the subtlety is beautiful. Just huge yeah. subtlety. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, no, that is definitely a thing. But another thing to point out is that we get another little bit from Crow and Ozpin about picking a guardian. Now, if you guys could pick any hunter or huntress that you know of, that we currently know of, it could be somebody that we've never met before, mm-hmm. but if you guys could pick anybody to curr- that we currently know of to be the guardian of the world, what? Who would you pick, Glinda? Yeah, that was what I was <laughs> going to say too. Like, yes, oh, I thought we were thinking of students. I didn't even you, think. I didn't I, even consider. Any hunter, <laughs> you can pick fair a student. Enough, fair enough. Um, or hunter, or hunters in training. Because yeah. I, I would say either Pira or Nora. Yeah, Pira legitimately, and Nora oh. just because she's the best. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, obviously. I feel like you would need Nora and Ren both. I also like, just like best tag team. I have like such a weird love for Uncle Crow too that was totally <laughs> unexpected. So I would cast my vote for him as well. Hmm. Uh, Professor Port, obviously. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Talk about generations of the Armstrong. He's, he's talking until the other team gave up. They were like, "Enough, please, yeah. just make him stop yeah. talking." <laughs> and uh, that's and his just, semblance is is yeah. monologuing. Yeah. Just to address something that I'm that I'm getting pinged both in the chat and on Twitter. Um, yes. Um, uh, at uh, Criminous King on Twitter, I did. We did see the acrimonious. There we go. I can't read. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we we saw the the things about Grim Eclipse. We just simply don't have time on this episode. We yes. will yeah. address it at some point. It's just not going to happen right we, now. We got a late start this <laughs> yes. evening. Play the beta. Play the beta. Whatever. If I want to throw my two cents in there, uh, I think Penny. Actually, okay. she's an artificially created life form who has been told that she was meant to save everybody but she's and not protect from Beacon. everybody. It would have to be I somebody really from Beacon. I super worry about the whole yeah, Penny being Pinocchio thing. You need to acknowledge the joke that Lindsay just made oh, because it's too good to... Uh, please. Sorry, you said I'd like to throw my two cents in there and you said Penny and then Lindsay uh, said, that's one cent. Son of a bitch! Did everybody get a good one in tonight? Bless. <laughs> I think everybody did. Did you? <laughs> Genius. I don't yeah. think I did. Oh, that's just, <laughs> I thought I did. Well, well no, I <laughs> well honestly don't remember. That's fine. Well, it's not a call I live in a drunken confused. haze from hour to hour. So. <laughs> this isn't and even water. Whiskey is Drunk on there. Mark. Um, well, again, that, <laughs> again, that basically wraps it up. Do you yes. guys have any other questions for our wonderful, wonderful guests before we let them go? It's very late on their end. Yes. Uh, I No, I, I just, people in the chat want why for the Guardian, and I think that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to share that. They've also declared that Lindsay wins the stream. Yep. <laughs> that show. Yep. No silvers in your future. Just gold. Just gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so, so much again for, for taking the time to sit and just hang out and chat about the episode with us. We really, really appreciate it. We love being here. Thank you. Yeah, you yeah. Guys, I, we say this every time. I don't know if we said it to you guys, but it's really awesome to do things like this with people who love the show and watch the show. Yeah, like you're you so well versed. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. It is by the fans for the fans. So, yeah. well, which is yeah. awesome, and we appreciate you guys like really knowing the show inside and out, so we could actually just chat about it openly like that. Yeah, yeah. thank no, well, you. Yeah. The pleasure is all ours. It is a ton mm-hmm. of fun. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you guys and keep up with maybe other projects that you have going on as well? Uh, my personal Twitter is I am Lindsay Jones, and you can find me on the Rooster Teeth website under Lindsay. And I am at B Dunkelman. That's B D U N K E L M A N on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much every social media site. And uh, I'm on the Rooster Teeth site as well as Barbara. 
Well, Yay. thank you guys so, so much again for joining us tonight. It's always such a blast to talk mm-hmm. to you. We really, really appreciate it. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> they are just the best. Woo, uh, wonderful yeah. human beings. Anyway, that we are getting played yes, out. We are. No, we're, we're running pretty late. Where yes. can people find you? Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter. Um, if you're a Star Wars fan and a fan of Funhouse, because I know there's a lot of Rooster Teeth folk watching, uh, Bruce was on last week for Star or, our Star Wars show on Popcorn Talk Network, Talking Battlefront. I'll tweet out the link again. Make sure to watch it because it was a great time. Soapbox Mark on Twitter and Soapbox Mark on Rooster Teeth website. And I'm Emma Fife all over the internet at Emma Fife. I do a lot, but guys, I also tweet a lot. So just follow at Emma Fife E M M A F Y F F E. That is 60% Fs, and uh, you will you'll know everything that's happening in my life. <laughs> I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. And the Rooster Teeth site at Kiajay. That's K I A X E T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. I am on many of the shows, many of which are on hiatus, but we do have Z Nation on Sunday and Arrow and Star Wars Rebels on Wednesdays. And uh, uh, don't forget to follow Patrick as well at P to the D's on Twitter and check out his podcast Pixel by Pixel on Tuesdays. And I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. I write articles for the movie Chick Chick with two Ks. And special shout out to Elizabeth. Elizabeth Maxwell as well, who took the time while she was here in Los Angeles to be interviewed. So guys, be sure to check out that interview as well. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Thank you to everybody. We will see you all next time. Good. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Dust you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners. AfterBuzz TV prediction.